Thank you for listening to Liberty Christian Center's podcast. Let's join Pastor Paul Carlson for today's message. I want to start this morning and just read something out of Ephesians. And if you're like me, this portion of Scripture is very familiar. You know, this is a Scripture that, that I know if you went in my study, the Bible's probably open to it, okay? Um, don't ever let your familiarity with the Scripture be a roadblock of receiving what God wants to impart to you. You know what I mean? You can get so familiar, you know, with things in life, and you miss the treasure, the preciousness that's, that's there. And, and um, there's things that God can show us new every day about, you know, trails that we go down routinely. I remember when I lived in Oklahoma, and, and uh, I went to school every day on the same road, Kenosha, Drove that road. You know, it's changed a lot over the years. But back then, what I noticed towards the end of the school year, the first year, was that the speed limit changed from 35 to 45 at a certain particular point. Now, I think I was doing 45 already, but I didn't know I could do it legally. <laughs> you know, I used to drive over the bridge here in Menominee, a sad tale. I used to drive over the bridge coming into Menominee. I do that every day, probably, you know? And I didn't realize that the speed limit changed from 35 to 25 before you get to the, the light by fortune cookie. Well, you know what? I became aware of it one day <laughs> in a sad fashion when I looked in the mirror and there was no grace or mercy. I was like, oh, man, you mean I can't do 45 in a... Tw-? Anyway, <laughs> but um, did pastor just say he got a ticket? Yeah, I did. I'm sorry. There you go, pops the bubble, I'm not perfect. But, but, but you know what? What I'm saying this is this, is that stay open. Yeah. Stay open, because God can show you things that you, you know, thought you already you didn't need to know. You didn't even think you need to know that. Well, sometimes you need to know some things. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 15. Paul prayed here for the, the body at Ephesus. And I like to say this, that this is a good thing, even though Paul prayed it, you know, a couple thousand years ago for a group of people, you know, that that I've never even met. You can take this very same prayer and pray it for you, and I tell you what, it's Holy Ghost inspired. You could put your name in it, and you know what, it's not selfish to pray this kind of stuff for yourself. And if you want to, after you've prayed for yourself, you could pray for somebody else, put somebody else's name in this prayer. That'd be okay, too. I've done that with people, family members, and loved ones, and said, Father, help them to just see these things that we're praying here. I pray there'd be reality in their life. But before you do that, pray it for yourself. It's not a mistake to invest in your own self. Because as you pray these things for you, and these things become reality to you that we're going to read in a minute, I'm telling you what, it'll cause you to rise up in life and be a greater blessing other people. You know, Jesus said in John 10.10, hold your place in Ephesians, but in John 10.10, Jesus said, I came that you could have life and have it more abundantly. I like the, the William Beck translation. He says, I came that you could have life and have it overflowing in you. God's will for you is not that you be running on empty all the time. His will for you is that your tank is full and overflowing, and from that overflowing, you can give to others. 
He wants you to be so full of the measure of God, the measure of the new creation, the measure of his presence that wherever you go, you can affect people. Doesn't mean you got to go tackle them. I was in the parking lot of Northwestern Bookstore in Maple Grove one day with Karen Casey because they wanted to get the autograph of some Christian singer. And I'm sitting in the parking lot because you had to get there and stand in line. I don't even know who the lady was, but, but you, anyway. Um, but, but this guy came running from behind me. I didn't see him because I don't have eyes in the back of my head. But, but he came running from behind me and he tackled me. He tackled me right in the parking lot. Do you know that before I ever got up, I knew who it was? Somebody I hadn't seen in a couple years. And this guy, I just know nobody in the world would do that except for John Morrow and Ace Eastman. But, but <laughs> I said before I ever got up, I said, Ace, how you been? <laughs> but you don't have to go tackle people in the grocery store and say, Hey, I'm a Christian. Yeah. But I'm telling you what, God will lead you on adventures. And from the overflow that's in you, you'll affect people. You'll have an influence on people. And someday the unction might come on you to tackle somebody, but only do it if it's under the unction. Or you get permission. John, you know, we love each other, yeah. <laughs> ushers, ushers. <laughs> Where'd I go? Ephesians chapter 1. Paul was praying here. And he said, Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints... I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Verse 17, it says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. I like one version. It's the Hudson version. He says that they'd be flooded with light that you would know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance is in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead, set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that's named, not only in this world, but also that which is to come. And he has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that fills all in all. So Paul here is praying. And what he's praying is, is that we would just wake up that we would begin to see who we really are. You know, for the last eight weeks or so, we've been doing a series called The Real Jesus. And we finished that last Sunday. And today we're starting a new series and we're going to call it The Real You. We talked about the real Jesus and now we're going to talk about the real you. We need to know who we are. You know, we've misjudged who we are sometimes. Sometimes we think we are, you know, the, the clothes that we put on. Sometimes we think we are the fashion and hairstyle that Dana combed my hair in today. Or, you know, hey, yeah. Or, or we think we are, you know, because of, of where we grew up. I'm a Menominite. Is that what we say? Minomamis or Manamis? Minamis? I don't know. Well, well you know. I'm an American. Hey, no. What is the real you? What is the real you? You are not this body. You're not a mind. 
You know, revelation. You're not a mind, but you are a spirit. You are a spirit made in the image of God. The real you is the person that's on the inside. And, you know, I'm included in this. I've had my focus on the wrong thing before in life. You know, I've just not mastered this to where I'm just cruising, man. I'm, I'm flowing 100%, 24-7. I'm in the spirit. But what we're doing is we're going to talk about this for probably a few weeks, and we're going to heighten our consciousness of the real you. Okay? I've got about three scriptures here I want to read, and they're all good. But they're on this same vein. So let's go to it. Proverbs 20, 27, we'll start with. Proverbs 20, 27. The writer here of Proverbs, you know, the Holy Ghost inspired this writer. And he said this, he said, The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. Now, you know, in the Hebrew, they didn't have the definition in the Greek of, of spirit, you know, soul and body and stuff like that. But I'm telling you what, the thought is there. What he was saying and communicating to us is there is a real person on the inside of you. And that real person, God speaks to you on the inside. He'll enlighten you on the inside. You know, we wouldn't probably say today the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord because, you know, unless you got a woodwick candle, you probably don't burn candles at home, right? Or something. You know, you don't burn them for light like they did in, in other days. Unless the power goes out or something, then you pull out a candle. But if you're like me, you think like this. You can never have enough flashlights in any given home. I mean, I'm telling you, you want flashlights everywhere you go. I've got them by my nightstand. I've got them under, in, in Dana's cupboard where the, the blender is, right next to the blender. I've got a big flashlight. I know it's there. If power goes out, I know where that flashlight is. Got them in the basement, in the, uh, hidden in the entertainment center. I've got a flashlight down there. Yeah, I do. I do, man. And, and I've got them all over. I've got one in my office. I've got flashlights. You know why? Because I don't like walking in the dark. You know what? I was a missionary once many, many years ago. And, and you know how you can tell a missionary when you're in a foreign land? They're the guys carrying the flashlights. They're the ones carrying flashlights. You're out on some goat path on a, a side of a mountain. You know, these Haitian guys, man, they'd run around. I don't know how they did it. They'd, they'd, somehow they'd see things. But they're, they're, there's the missionary. He's got a flashlight. He's watching his feet on the trail. You know what? God doesn't want you stubbing your toe on nothing. He wants you to walk through life with confidence. He wants you to walk through life and not be falling and stumbling, you know, but walking in the light. Walking in the light. Seeing things clearly. Defining life pr properly. Hallelujah. How do you do that? Well, you become aware of the person who you really are on the inside. Romans 8.14. Here coming over into the New Testament, the Apostle Paul here, he, he says the same thing that was spoken back here in Proverbs, but, but he says it in New Testament language. Proverbs in Romans 8, 14, and I'm going to skip 15 and read 16. Now, 15 is good, you know. I'm not down in 15, but just today, I'm reading 14 and 16. 
Okay? So it says this, As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. Sometimes I like to reverse that. I like to say this, and uh, just my own confession. I'll say, well, I'm a son of God, therefore I believe I'm led by God. Hmm. Yeah, hey, God wants to lead all of his children. He purposes, and he's out there. He's given us direction in life. He's not trying to hide things from us. You know, so have you ever had this image of God that he's like, he's like, you know, he's like that, that thing behind the dresser that's just out of your reach, and that's where he keeps everything that's good and perfect just a little behind, beyond your reach. You know, you, you pull the thing out a foot. I mean, I hate moving the dresser from the wall because you know what's behind the dresser? When you pull it from the wall, there's dust behind that thing. How does that happen? The thing, it's, everything is covered up, but you pull it out, and there's dust. So I don't like that, but you know, you try to reach over and squeeze your arm down, man. It's just, just beyond where you can reach. Sometimes people think that's what God is like. He tries to keep everything just beyond where you can go. He's not like that. He's given us his plan. He, he, he wants to make known his ways in your purpose on the earth. How does he do it? Well, he says this in verse 16. He says, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Now, you know, Paul's talking here about something that's really vital. As a believer, when you get born again, you don't know nothing. You haven't read your Sunday school, you know, material. You haven't read, you know, all the, the, the book, great books that are available. You haven't listened to 15 podcasts. You haven't even opened a Bible yet. But, you know, you got saved and God loves you. And somehow on the inside of you, man, you just, there's a knowing in there. There's a knower that's been activated. That's God bearing witness with your spirit that you are a child of God. That is the most important thing in life is knowing that you're a child of God. If in the most important thing in life God bears witness in your spirit, with your spirit, I'll tell you what, how will he lead you in the more minor things in life? He'll bear witness in your spirit. What I found with this whole bearing witness in my spirit thing, what I found is, is many times I have missed it in life because I've sought the spectacular guidance and I then miss the supernatural guidance. Right. Somehow I've put it like this in my head. Maybe you have too. Well, you know, if, if God appeared to me in a vision... Like Paul. You know, Paul was riding on the road to Damascus. And God appeared to him brighter than the noonday sun. It says it was so bright and God spoke and Paul heard it. And, you know, and, and it knocked Paul and all his friends right off their donkeys. You know, I always like to bring that part up. It's cool. Knocked them right off their donkeys. And they're on the ground. And Paul gets up and says, you know, who is it, Lord? You know, and Jesus says, it's Jesus who you persecute. What a great line. How, what a bummer, you know? Oh, yeah. oh, sorry. Oh, so sorry. You know, man, you can have a about face right in those moments. You know what? Don't ever be afraid of the presence of God. Don't ever be afraid of, of you know, God in your life affecting you because, I mean, you could have been doing the stupidest things like the Apostle Paul, going around killing Christians. I don't even have that on my agenda or my past, Okay. But here's Jesus appears to him 
And, and what's he do? He straightens him up and empowers him. You don't need to run from God. Run to him. So, um, barren witness. So I've missed it many times because I, I, I've, thought, I've sought the spectacular. And the whole time I'm seeking that, I've ignored the supernatural. Because bearing witness with my heart is just as supernatural is having Jesus stand before me and talk to me. And really, if you go through the book of Acts, if you go through the whole Bible, and you read after people that you admire and, 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 and just, you know, really hold on a pedestal, you'll find that those spectacular moments that we've dwelled on were just, you know, mixed in with a lot of ordinary days. Jesus didn't appear to Paul every morning at coffee time and say, all right, bud, you know, this is what's going on today. No, he had that experience and a couple others, but most every day, Paul had to do just what you and I do, you know, and, and not to say God won't do what he did for Paul in our life, because he will. But day to day, he bears witness with her spirit. Now, I picked on Dana in the first service, and more than likely, I'll pick on her on the second service, because, you know, I like to do that. I do this at home, too, don't I? And she picks on me, too. But we love each other, okay? So anyway, um, I have permission. <laughs> I, was it a week ago? All right, here's a story out of Dana's life. A week ago, Saturday night. Why do these things always happen in a pastor's home on Saturday night? <sighs> I don't know. But anyway, Saturday night, before Sunday morning, that's deep, I know. But, but anyway, in the middle of the night, Dana wakes up, and she just has this urgency in her heart to pray. And so for an hour... You know, I don't know if it was, you know, 60 minutes or 61 minutes. I don't know. But about an hour, it was a long time, she was praying. And she wasn't necessarily praying in the Spirit so much, but she just found herself saying the name of Jesus authoritatively and, and like, like it was serious business. Like she didn't know who she was praying for, but she just kept praying, Jesus, Jesus. About an hour. Then she had release from it, and she went to sleep. I slept through the whole thing. That's how spiritual I can be, okay? <laughs> it's been the other way before, too. But, but anyway, so the next morning, she gets up, and I think you mentioned it to me when we were having coffee. But, you know, she didn't know who she was praying for. So Sunday morning, we come to church at nine, for the 9 o'clock service, I think, and she's over in the prayer room and just, you know, going to pray for the services and stuff. But she just asked God. She said, God, who was it I was praying for in the middle of the night? And then, you know, God didn't reverberate this voice out of heaven where you went like the bass amp was going, you know, and you were going, oh, that's God. And, and no, no, it was just this, this just thought came up into her mind of a person. A thought of a person that she loves came up into her mind. And she even said, Oh, well, that's just me. And she went about praying. Well, later on in the day, thanks to the technological world we live in, Dana's on Facebook. Facebook is so revealing. <laughs> and this person that, that came up in her mind when she asked God, who am I praying for? She saw on Facebook that they had been through a treacherous experience. And they had been through something that could have been very bad. 
And here what it did is it showed Dana that this was the person you were praying for. And when you asked God, who is it? This came up like a normal thought would come up in your mind. And, and she dismissed it because she said, oh, that's just me. Did you actually say that's just me? Yeah, she, she does just like I do. We've been married so long, we both talk to ourselves. <laughs> Doesn't matter if anybody's here. I talk to myself all day. Dana just talks to herself. Oh, that's just me. And she goes on about her business. But here God showed her later that what he was putting in her mind was him telling her that. How many times does that happen to me? A lot. I just disregard it because it was not spectacular. But God will speak to you that way. He'll show you things that way. I've practiced this over the years. Many times it's been because I'm a parent. And, 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 and you know, my kids, I don't know what's going on with them. Frankly, that's why I originally got on Twitter and Facebook. And, you know, for years, it was the best, you know, uh, what should I call it, babysitter. Dana and I would be out enjoying life. I'd say, what are the kids doing? Oh, they're at Pizza Hut. They just ordered two pepperonis. And, a, and a, I knew everything. I knew. They don't do it anymore, so now I'm just on it. Now they know what I'm doing. Hey! Well, life is strange. But, but you, know, you know, many times as a parent, you know, my kids have done things, and I, I haven't known everything about it. Just recently, we had an episode where Casey was going to do something on her day off, but she went home and she fell asleep. Remember this, Ben? I called you. You didn't know either. We were both in the boat. And, and she was going to go see Ben after work. And she never showed up. She's living in New York City. And, and she doesn't show up. We tried calling, tried texting, tried doing everything we knew to do. Nothing. No word. I mean, how many know that can be a trial? You know? Dana's really been passing tests. But, but you know what? This is, this is and, and it went on until the next day we didn't hear from her. And, and, and the next day what we found out is she went home from work and she was so exhausted she thought she was going to take a nap, but she fell asleep and didn't wake up till the next morning. You know, just slept solid, sound. Got up, there was 15 texts from Dad on their phone. And, <laughs> oh, and she called us then and said, oh, I'm okay. But, you know, in that interim, in that time in between, you know, you're forced with, faced with all these thoughts like, my goodness, what happened? The last time I heard from her, she was walking from the bus stop to home. Then radio silence, nothing happening. What, do you, you know the kind of thoughts that come to your mind? Because the devil will put those thoughts in your mind. What Dana and I do, what we, I've made a practice of this for years. I evaluate where those thoughts are coming from. And usually in that situation, you can tell this very thing. Is it coming from the outside to my head? Or is it coming from my heart? And it'll still come up to my head. But is it inside information or outside information? You practice this in life, and I'm telling you, you'll be able to tell that in any situation you face. I've practiced it for years. I've done it with Dana. Dana's been out, and I can't, she, she, very seldom, she doesn't have her phone on her, but she doesn't, and I can't get her, and it's way past her bedtime, and I'm thinking, where is that girl? You know? And I asked God, I said, is she okay? 
I'm not a worrywart, but I'm like you. I get thoughts that can come to my mind. Thoughts that can, can render me ineffective. That, it, that can make me just paralyzed for the next, until I know the truth. Okay? It's a terrible place to be. But learn to check in. Learn to hear your heart in these matters. Because the Spirit of God will bear witness with your spirit. He'll bear witness to me. I mean, growing up, man, the kids have come to us so many, do you have peace about this? You know, we could be at an amusement park and, and going to go on a ride or something, and they'll say, you got peace about this? You got peace about this, Dad? One time we were at an amusement park. Did I tell this story recently? And we got Dana to go on a roller coaster. Did I ever tell that one? We were in Kansas City. We are in Kansas City on a family vacation. We are on our way to go to Texas. It was the year she turned 40. It was the year she turned 40. Dana is not a ride person, but she doesn't mind going to an amusement park and just walking around and looking at the landscape. I can't figure that out. But she can do this stuff. She's really good at it. So we're walking around this park in Kansas and, and all day. The towering thing in, in our peripheral, wherever we go, is this ride called the Mumba. The Mumba. Doesn't this kind of bring a note of terror to you? The Mumba? The Mumba? And, and so even me, I'm, I, I like a ride. I like a roller coaster. But still, you know, it kind of makes you go, hmm. So, you know, Kara and I, we go on it, and we ride that baby. Even standing in line, they're, 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 they're talking fear to you the whole time. They're saying... This ride will reach 60 miles an hour in this many seconds, and you'll be towering 220 feet above the air or whatever. I don't know, something, you know. But Kara and I, we jumped on that baby, and we rode it. And it was like, you got peace? Yeah, I got peace. I'm conquering fear. We got done. We grabbed Dana and Casey. We said, come on, kids. Let's go. I, we had a picture of Dana going around. The, she didn't have her hands up. But she was like, <laughs> but they've said, Dad, you got, you got peace about this? Yeah, I got peace. I got peace. I got peace about it. I remember David Holland one time. He's, a, he's been a board member of our church since we started, and he's down in Texas. He's a minister. We've had him preach here a couple times, and he had the girls when they were young because they'd go down and spend a week with them, and they were at Six Flags, and David called me and said, yeah, we're getting ready to go on a ride. And Casey looked at me and says, David, do you got peace? <laughs> it's always fun to have people like that go to amusement parks. It brings all the fun into it. So God will bear witness to you by his spirit in your spirit. Your spirit is the real you. You're not a body. You're not a mind. You are a spirit made in the image of God. Proverbs 18, 14. I'm going to jump back to Proverbs for a minute. It says here, now I, I don't know what every version of this says, but I'm reading from the King James Version. In Proverbs 18, 14, it says this. It says, The spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit who can bear. The spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit, who can bear? What that's saying is this. Your spirit doesn't actually get wounded. Your spirit doesn't literally get crippled. 
But sometimes believers, thoroughly born-again believers, can have their new created spirit tied and gagged up in the basement of their life and never given it the influence that God intended it to have. What's the basement of your, your life? Well, I'm telling you, your body is the house you live in. So I don't know where the basement is in, in your body, but I'm telling you what, it's not in, on main floor. God wants you to operate from headquarters. He wants you to operate from the main floor of your house, of your body. He wants you to be driven and led by your spirit. Your spirit should give you the most influence, not your body. How many know that we've all had times when we've been led by our bodies? You know, example, you know, there's chocolate cake in the refrigerator. You're laying in bed. It's past the time to go to sleep. You've maybe even brushed your teeth. And you get there and you're laying there and you think, oh, is that the dog I heard? Maybe I should go check on the dog, Dana. <laughs> check that fridge, chocolate cake. Well, I should try a bite, you know. I, that is like being body-driven, okay? Emotional-driven, mind-driven, emotions and mind stuff. I'm telling you, people get ruled by their emotions. Emotions aren't bad. Your body isn't necessarily bad. But, but the thing is, is they're not meant to be in charge. Okay? You should enjoy your emotions. Man, when joy and all these great things are flooding you and everything, enjoy that, but don't be ruled by them. Be ruled by the person on the inside. The Proverbs, you know, writer of Proverbs, in that verse that we read, it said this, it says, your spirit in times of difficulties in life, challenges of life, your spirit can get you through it. Your spirit can give you direction and, and help you to overcome. But if you've not been used to listening to your heart, if you've been ruled by your body or your emotions or your mind, I'm telling the writer of Proverbs, says, man, you're in a sad place. Bad news. You know, if you've been ruled by your emotions and you're a person that's just driven by that, you know, that's why we're talking about this stuff in this series. We've all had these challenges to face. But again, what we're talking about and what we're going to get across is a higher level of consciousness of who we really are. Operating in life, you know, from the inside out. Are you with me today? Yes. I said this, some people are physical conscious. Some people are mind conscious. Some people are body conscious. Some people are self-conscious. Some people are devil conscious. And then there's other people that are just unconscious. All right? But we want to be people that are God conscious. That are God living in us conscious. You know, what does that mean? It means that we walk through life, again, with confidence. We walk through life with purpose. We walk through life and we will achieve the things that we're called to. All right, 2 Corinthians 5.17. Wow, just has a ring to it. 2 Corinthians 5.17. It's my favorite verse and I would guess you've heard it before. Again, don't be crippled by the fact that you've heard it before. What we're doing in this morning especially is we're laying some foundation for the weeks to come. We couldn't go where we need to go in the weeks to come if we didn't start with a foundation like we're doing today, okay? Um, 
Praise the Lord. We need, you know, you know, one of the biggest revelations that I remember is just coming to grips with the fact that I am a spirit being. That's not mystical. That's not guru-ish. That's Bible. The Bible says you're a spirit created in God's image. Peter said, you know, let it be the hidden man of the heart. You know, there's a part of you that's unseen, and it's the most important part. It's, it's the real you. The real you. The real you is a spirit, is a spirit. If you're a born-again believer, your spirit is made in the image of God. Your spirit, you know, and we'll read this. I'll just quote it to you right now. It says, if anyone is in Christ, they're a new creature. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. If you're in Christ, what does it mean to be in Christ? Well, it means that you've prayed and asked Jesus to come into your life. You've accepted the free gift of salvation. Paul said, anybody that's done that, he says, you're a brand new creature. This is not something you're trying to attain to. This is something you receive when you receive salvation. Okay? Well, you know, if, I, if I'm a Christian for, for 15 years, then I'll be a new creature. No, you won't. You're a new creature the moment you ask Jesus into your heart. Now, some people have had this thought. How does a Christian grow? How do I mature as a Christian? Well, some people have thought, well, if I just am a Christian for a long time, then I'll be mature. No, that's not true. There's, there's people that have been saved 50 years, and they're babies. They're babies. Brother Hagen used to say this when I was in school. He says, you know, you don't mind feeding a baby a bottle. You know, that's part of parenting. But he says, but when you have to part this guy's whiskers to stick the bottle in his mouth, he says, that's weird. Okay? We all need to grow up. There's things we can activate as believers that'll assist us in this growing process. This is what we're going to be talking about in the weeks to come. But ground zero is this. We need to know who the real person is. You are a spirit. You're a spirit. You have a soul and you live in a body. What's your soul? Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. You know, in a nutshell, I would say it like that. Your soul is your mind, your will, and emotions. It's your personality. It's what makes you you. Is your soul a bad thing? No, it's a good thing. It's just not meant to rule your life. Your spirit is meant to rule your life. You know, a body, that doesn't take a lot of definition. We're all aware of our bodies. And your body, you know, is a good thing. God gave you a body. He gave you a body to function in this world, to enjoy life with. But your body is not meant to be the ruler in your life. Your spirit is. And there's things that we can do, practical things we can do to help our spirit become more dominant, to help us be more in tune with what God wants to do in our lives. Hallelujah. Is that okay? All right, I don't think we're going to get much further today, so I'm going to read you a couple versions of 2 Corinthians 5.17. And, and the Jordan translation, it says, If anyone is a Christian, he's a brand new creation. The old guy is gone. Look, a new man has appeared. The street Christian Bible says, If anyone's in Christ, it says, uh, The old trash drops off. He's got a whole new life started. All the old trash 
Well, you know, but, but you just don't understand my past. Well, you need to understand this about your past, is your past is gone. This is a new day. His mercy is new today. You are a new creation today. I love, and I, I preach this all the time, that God forgives all sin. He forgives all sin, you know? I mean, no matter how big a stinker you've been or were or what it's going to be, God, forgiveness is there for you. It's all because of the finished work of Christ. It's all because of what God initiated and who he is. Forgiveness is yours. But I want to tell you this, that when you get born again, you didn't just get forgiven. You got remade. You were made righteous. You were made a new creation. God made you new. You're not going to change when you get to heaven. You change while you're here on the earth. There's going to be some change that happens, but that's your body. Your body is, you know, uh, you know, at that point when the trump blows and all that, bodies will get changed, you know. Both those that have died already and those that are still on the earth will get new bodies. But you know what? You don't need a body to have, uh, you don't need your new, you got a new spirit right now. And your spirit, your spirit can operate in this old body here on the earth, if we let them, if we let them, if we give them access, if we give them the dominance, okay? Building up the person that we really are. Um, Law Buck version, I'll read this. If a man is in Christ, he's created anew. The man he was has passed away. Behold, a new man has been created. Hallelujah. It's a good day we live in. Hallelujah. It's a good day to be alive. It's a good day to be a new creature. And I'm telling you this, that the future is looking bright. There are great days ahead. And what we want to do, man, is we want to live them to the full. I like what Stephen said during the second song. He says, you know, if you need prayer for anything, well, what is sickness? Well, it's anything that's keeping you from living in the fullness. God has fullness for your life. And he intends for you to walk in it. One way that we're going to rise up and do it, man, is developing who we are. Developing ourselves to live out of the inside. Okay? Putting on the real you. Glory to God. Thank you for listening to Liberty Christian Center's podcast. To partner with this ministry or for any additional information, please visit libertychristiancenter.org.